And uh, I don't think anybody's excited about that, are they? You are. All right. And we are doing a family-type service tonight. Um, and so what I kind of wanted to offer is if any kids wanted to come up front and sit with other kids or youth and make a little cozy room up here on these chairs or sit on the floor or whatever, uh, you can. You can come. There's a bunch of room up here, kind of like my son sprawled out on the floor. And one thing that we do here at Northgate is we kind of just embrace chaos, Yay. right? Because whenever we bring kids into the mix, you guys know, it gets a little chaotic, but that's just kind of what we do. We, uh, we, we value our children. We value them being a part of the service. Um, we value uh, seeing their faces up on stage. And um, Todd, if you can't handle yourself, I'll have you sit with your mom. <laughs> and we enjoy um, just being with, with kids. So we emphasize camps and, and children's ministry and youth services and uh, that's going to be a huge focus for us this coming year, this next, next year coming up, is to put a lot of our time and attention into you guys, right, our youth. And uh, I w- when I was prepping this message for tonight, I did think a lot of times Jesus put things real simply for us to understand, and he calls children often to come to him, right, and say, hey, come, listen to what I can hear. And a lot of times the words that he speaks, right, they even go over adults' heads, but the little ones can understand it. Right? You guys can understand um, the message. And so tonight, what I'm going to try to do is give uh, the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, in simple enough terms that you guys can understand it, and hopefully all of us can really embrace who Jesus is as the Messiah. When I ask you guys, and I'm going to maybe some participation from you guys. All right, you guys want to participate in the service? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you to think about. Um, what does Jesus look like? No one knows? No one knows? What do you think Jesus looks like, Jackson? Shaggy man with golden shoes and a beard. No, shiny. shiny shoes and a beard. Just like your dad, huh? No, <laughs> He's got a little beard going on there. That's good. That's good. Okay. A shiny man. Did he have like a, a, an aura or a presence around him that shined? Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. So it kind of sees like a shiningness, like there's something different about him. Like you look at him and you can kind of ke- you can kind of tell that there's something special about him, right? Okay. Good. Let's go over to Olivia. What do you have? Okay. A beard, long hair, and has like a robe, right? I think you guys are kind of getting the same picture. How about you? He's wearing a white robe. White robe. Brown sandals and kind of a beard like you. Brown sandals and kind of a beard like me. But then there's like a, a, a yellow crown right above his head. Okay, so yeah, he has like a yellow crown. That's what we see in some of the art, right? Good. Okay, I asked this question. Because I saw Jesus. 
How would you guys feel if I said, I saw Jesus? Yeah. You wouldn't believe me? Why wouldn't you believe me, Brady? Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Okay, yeah. You'd be jealous? Because I'd be bye-bye? If I said that, what would you think? Yeah. He'd be confused. Yeah. I'd be kind of jelly. He'd give you kind of jelly. And also, you'd give me that face like, what are you doing? Yeah, one last one. Yeah. He died on the cross, so you would believe me. What have I told you guys this last week or two weeks ago? I came in here in the morning. I come in here in the mornings and I pray. And I turn on worship music. And two weeks ago when I was praying and I was worshiping, I closed my eyes. And the song came on. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. And I closed my eyes and I got caught up in the moment. And when I, when I open my eyes, I see a figure standing in front of me. What do you think? I walked closer because I didn't know if it was real or not. Right? And I looked up here. And it was a stand. <laughs> but I felt the presence of God. In my mind, I had a vision. I felt Jesus in this room. I felt the Spirit of God in this room. Maybe God was here. Maybe he was in the stand. <laughs> Maybe he was pretending to be the stand. I don't know, but here's the thing. I know that God is here. Because he's not dead. He's not dead. Brady, you're right. He died on the cross for our sins, but he is not dead. He is alive. He is alive, and he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. I know that when I am Walking close to the Lord, he gives me dreams and he gives me visions. And I believe I had a vision of Christ standing here in this room because he wants to meet with us. The Spirit of God wants to meet with us, not as a distant figure who existed 2,000 years ago or exists in the sky or up in the heavens. He is a figure, he is a spirit that exists today, is alive today, and wants to meet with us here tonight. It is the spirit of Jesus, and he is the reason for the season. We've been talking for the last five weeks about the names of Jesus. I am. 
Emmanuel, God with us, light of the world, prince of peace, and tonight, the Messiah. Okay, I'm going to ask, let's hold the questions maybe for a few minutes and I'll come back to them, okay? So, so keep them in your mind. Tonight, I want to talk about the Messiah. What does it mean to be the Messiah? It's actually a Hebrew term meaning the anointed one, the Savior. In the Jewish tradition, the Messiah is a Savior figure who is believed to be chosen by God to bring about the salvation of his people. Salvation means to save. He is the anointed one to save us. In the Christian tradition, Jesus is considered to be the Messiah. Not a Messiah, but the Messiah. And this means he is the one who is anointed by God to bring about salvation for all of humanity, for you and for me. According to the Christian belief, Jesus is the Son of God who came to earth to save us from sin and from death. Like you said, Brady, he saved us from death. He did this by living that perfect life and a sinless life, teaching us about God's love and his grace and ultimately sacrificing himself on the cross. Okay, last questions. Three questions. Oh, man. Three questions in one. We will get to the drums later. I, can you guys hear these questions? They're wonderful. I'll say it for you so everybody can hear it. Why do I picture him with holes in his hands and holes in his feet? Okay? I, I love the inquisitiveness of children. I gave him the opportunity to ask questions, and now everybody wants to ask questions. Here, I'm going to do this uh, real fast. I got a few things that I want to get to in the message, but I don't want to damper the questions. I want you guys to ask your parents those questions, okay? So, parents... Be ready for them. They're coming for you, okay? All these questions are awesome questions. Ask them, okay? But I want to get through a few things because some people want to go eat dinner and stuff like that, all right? You guys hungry? Okay, so let me get through a few points and then you guys can go eat some dinner, okay? All right, so here's the thing, you guys. The belief that Jesus is the Messiah is the core central tenet, okay? The central belief of Christianity, that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, Olivia, I'm going to have you ask your dad, okay? He's really good at answering questions. Okay. Okay. So, the belief that Jesus is the Messiah is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, okay? Do you guys know that in this book, there's Old Testament and there's New Testament, right? Half of it, well, a little bit more than half is the Old, and a little bit uh, less, and there's uh, 27 books 26, 27 books that are of the New Testament. 39 in the Old, 27 in the New, right? The New Testament is a fulfillment of those Old Testament prophecies. It's a New Testament that was written because Jesus came and fulfilled those Old Testament prophecies that Jesus would be born of a virgin of Mary. You have a statement? Okay. Can he make a statement? Let's see. Let me, let me ask them all first. Can Jackson make a statement? They said no. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. What's the statement, Jackson? Last one. Kind of like Tommy Little's dying and 
you know, that is a good point. The Bible looks like another book. It is a book, but it's got the words inside of it. That means a lot more than everything else that's ever written, okay? All right, the birth of Jesus. I'm going to go over three things. The birth, the reason for the birth, and our response to Jesus' birth, okay? The birth of Christ. It was written in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Let me see if I can get there up here. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This is 735 years before the birth of Christ. 735 years before the birth of Christ. Okay? He says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Two chapters later, in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. And over his kingdom... Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus is the fulfillment of these prophecies. In Luke chapter 2, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there was shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on the earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed and what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time uh, to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. 
the birth of Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies that he would come through the Virgin Mary. 735 years before his birth, it was foretold that he would come in the way that he came. So why did he do this? Why did Jesus come into the world? You guys seem to know the answers already. What do you think? Go ahead. Logan, what do you think? Um, to die for our sins. To die for our sins. In short, that's the right answer, right? I was looking at John 3.16. We all kind of know that verse by heart, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I read it in the message this last week, and I was like, oh, wow. I like the way that it's phrased, 16 through 18. It says, this is how much God loved the world that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. Jesus came into the world because he loves us. That's the reason for Christmas. The reason for Christmas is because he loves us. Yeah. Christmas is about celebrating Jesus' birth, right? Good, good. The reason for the season is Jesus. The reason for the season is the birth of Jesus. He came from heaven to earth so that we could know him, so that when we gather together and we worship, it's not some distant God in some far-off place. It's a Jesus, it's a person, it's a spirit that is in the room with us. So what is our response? Our response comes from Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. <clears throat> the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now, I was thinking about that. I wanted the children to come up front, okay? Because in bringing them to the front, it's almost like we're bringing our offering before God. And what is more valuable to us than our children, than you guys? Well, they got me, right? But to parents, for myself, and allowing my children to be given over to God, to give them as a gift to God, is the greatest thing that I could ever give him. 
and to think that God gave us his one and only son, that for us to believe in him, we receive eternal life. The gift of eternal life is the gift that he is giving. Imagine under the tree, right, in two days when you guys go open up all of your presents, you open up the box and it's the gift of eternal life. That's the gift that Jesus is giving us. It's eternal life in Christ Jesus. All you have to do is open the gift. But there is no gift. The gift is in Jesus. The way that we open gifts in Christendom and in, in, in Christianity is through prayer. When we pray, we unlock communication between God and ourselves. That's why traditionally we've done prayers of repentance and prayers of salvation is so that we can unlock that believing gift of communication between us and God. And I wanted to leave space for us to respond to that tonight. To simply say, God, I want to meet with you here tonight. Some of you are hearing this for the very first time in this room. If you are, I pray, I've been praying for you for, for weeks that you would hear the message of Christ and allow it to sink in. I was um, in the other room praying earlier two weeks, uh, earlier this week, and the song, Let It Rain, Let It Rain, right, was on, and I was like, God, let it rain. Like, I have a terrible singing voice. I already admitted this, and I was singing about it, and I was like, let it rain, and I was sitting there with my hands stretched out, and I was like, well, if rain is falling on my head, and this is Jesus' spirit falling on my head, I was like, I, I've got I've to lay down. I've got to go on the ground, because, you know, when, the rain, when it's raining, you've got to lay down, and you want all of the rain. You don't want the rain just on your head. You want the rain on your entire body. And I prayed, yeah, and you get wet. You get wet from head to toe. And if, you're, if that's the Holy Spirit falling on you, you want the whole entire spirit falling on your body. You don't want just a piece of Jesus touching your head. You want Jesus coming to fill up your entire body. Let it rain. Let it rain all over. Just like that, let it rain all over you. And I am praying that the Holy Spirit would not come just in part to you this season, but that the Holy Spirit would come in power, in spirit, and in truth. I want to pray. I want to pray. And if you guys um, have not received the gift of eternal life that is offered in Christ Jesus, I want you to pray alongside me. If this is the first time, I want to unlock a communication between God and yourself that you may have not have ever experienced before. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna start praying, and if you want to join along with me, I pray that your hearts would be receptive to this. Father God, Almighty God, Creator of the universe, the one who spoke life into existence, who spoke the stars into the, in the sky into existence, who breathed life into Adam and Eve and gave life to mankind. The God who is above all things, who is over all things, who is worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. We approach your throne. Humbly. 
on our knees, God. We approach your throne. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us. For we are people of unclean lips. We are people who have done things that have wronged you and have wronged others. And we ask, Lord, that this Christmas, the gift of Jesus would wash us clean from head to toe. That when you look at us now, you would not see our fragile human body or our fragile broken soul, but that you would see the Savior Jesus Christ in us. God, I pray for salvation. I pray that you would save us from our destiny of sin and depravity. God, this Christmas, as we think about your birth, we think about the bridge you created from heaven to earth, and I pray, Lord, that we would take steps of faith in our life from this night on to walk that bridge of faith that Christ has made for us, that through his perfect, sinless life, we might know and taste and see the goodness of of God. God, I, I believe that this salvation, this prayer is one that is individual between each one of us. That you know our hearts right now. You know the condition of our heart. You know the receptivity of our heart. You know the humility of our heart. And I pray, Lord, that you would look on us with grace. that you would forgive us and welcome us in and we would feel the embrace of your loving arms as you pull us in and say, my son, my daughter, you are forgiven and you are free. And God, I pray that we would walk in the warmth of that embrace from this day forward, knowing that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed a prayer, if you prayed that prayer alongside me tonight for the first time, I want you to tell someone that you came with or someone that you know. Because I also believe that salvation, even though it's individual and inside each one of us, when you do that, you become a part of the church. You become a part of the body. And you have a specific purpose inside of the body. Each one of you children that believe in Jesus has a specific purpose in the body of Christ. Each one of you adults sitting in these chairs has a purpose in the body of Christ. And we want you guys to walk in that. We're going to end tonight on a little bit more of a celebratory note. And we're going to introduce the best drummer in all of Manteca. Because we want to make some noise tonight in celebration of what Christ has done for us. 
Guys, if you want to stand up right here, like concert style, and dance and, and sing, uh, we want to welcome you to do that. But we're going to sing joy to the world tonight because it is a joy. If you have salvation in Christ, you have the joy of Christ, and we bring that joy to the world. Jesus brings joy to the world. So let's, uh, let's lift our voices together. If you want to lift your hands, if you want to dance, I want you guys to feel free to do that. Um, let's do it. <laughs> 